Hello and welcome to Pisces. Thanks for joining us. My name is Rich. I'll be the handler. My players are Ed as working agent Gonzo and Jordan as working agent Nero. We'll be playing the fantastic Delta Green campaign Impossible Landscapes by Dennis Detweiler, adapted to be set in the UK. If you're unfamiliar with Delta Green, it's a tabletop role-playing game using a D100 system. Skills and abilities are rated 0 to 100. Roll on or under your skill number on the die and you pass the roll. As for the theme, I always describe it as X-Files meets True Detective, season one. Uh, you play as government agents desperately trying to protect the world from unnatural horrors. This isn't a power fantasy like D&D or Pathfinder. You are small, insignificant and inevitably doomed. There is no hope, but that's half the fun. Good luck. <laughs> Just so you are forewarned as well, uh, Delta Green games do contain uh, some nasty stuff, um, including violence, um, depictions of mental illness. We also use um, pretty hairy language. It's a not safe for work podcast, let's put it that way. Um, but <clears throat> if anything is particularly bad, uh, I will put um, uh, another disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. We're starting off with a short homebrew operation to introduce the characters and get them acquainted. Uh, a note on our play style. We're not super serious role players or massive rules lawyers, mostly. We're doing bits, trying to make each other laugh and have a good time. I'm lazy, so I'll get the rules wrong, forget stuff, say um a lot. Jordan and Ed are useless investigators and end up talking more about the food the characters are having for dinner rather than the case they're on. But enough of me trying to dissuade you from listening to the show. <laughs> Thanks for trying us out. Follow our socials, which are listed in the show notes. And if you enjoy, please, please give us a review on whatever podcast platform you use. Thanks. L love you. <laughs> but now we're here. Um, I think I might have to ask Jordan to take off his headphones. Okay. Um, just drop me a message. He's gone. Yeah, he's He's out. finally gone, Ed. Finally, we can say what we think about him. Yeah, exactly. Now's our chance to run away together. <laughs> That's <laughs> all I've ever wanted. <laughs> okay. Let's start, shall we? Please. Why don't you tell me what your average day looks like? So we wake up and then go downstairs and I think about having breakfast, probably have just the same as always, which is a banana and some porridge. And then I... <laughs> I walked to work, I chose a, I chose a flat like, close enough to, to the school so I could just walk there. Then I walk, I get in, just tidy up the desks, just, you know, carry out my tasks, just standard lessons, this, that. The kids just don't pick it up as fast as I hope, but, you know, they try. Then lunch. And you're a Spanish teacher, right? That is the one. But then have lunch, just, you know, chat to Claire, she's always fun, good, good good banter and then yeah just you know go home if it's a Thursday I'll uh, want to go to karate you know I'll see Gary just if not I'll just uh, get online and just start chatting on the boards mm. sorry message boards I, uh, I call boards because uh, shorthand is you know important on the boards yeah because you're cool well you know you know when you're when you know you know but yeah one of the first adopters of the internet you know that's it because remember uh, it's 95 so we're leading the way. You know, those little green text boards are 
are more exciting than you think they'd be. <laughs> oh, the Matrix. Well, I guess they, well, I guess they would be that old, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, when you when you get home, it's actually a Thursday. It's Thursday, February fifteenth. Oh. Um, you arrive back home after karate. Nice. Um, and there's an, there's another car in the driveway. Okay. It's um, a nineteen ninety five Jeep Cherokee. So it's quite a big car. Yep. Brand new as well. Christ. Yep. You see a man at the steering wheel, and he's got his eyes on you as soon as you pull up. Do you, do you drive home or you walk? No, I walk. I uh, I try to walk, walk everywhere. And what I can't, I bike. Okay, fair enough. Let's say you pull up on your bike then. The man at the steering wheel, he's got his eyes on you as soon as you as soon as you pull up on your bike. And there's another man in a suit leaning against the hood of the car. Um, and he smiles smiles at you as you kind of get off your bike and, and walk towards your door. He goes, Mr. Bloomfield. And I'll just uh, I'll just give him a little look up, up and down, like, uh, y- yes, who's who's talking? Who's this? Sorry. Well, he flashes a badge at you, and you briefly see a picture of the man in front of you, along with the words MI5 and the security service. Ooh. He says, uh, "Sir, would you mind uh, just getting to the car with us?" Uh, I do. I have time to change out of my my whites? Unfortunately, not. And he kind of opens the opens the side door. And just be brief. Just, <clears throat> I mean, if 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 I have to, then yeah, of course. Just a formality, sir. Just to be very brief. I'll just give him a little nod. You climb into the car, uh, and in the back of the car is a very serious-looking woman. She's in her forties. She's got her hair tied back in like a tight bun. Um, and she introduces herself as Miss Bennett. Miss Bennett. How are you this afternoon, Mr. Bloomfield? Well, yeah, the day is taking an unexpected turn, but, you know, it's a pretty nice day, thank you. Well, now, we've got a bit of a problem. Or, uh, I should say, you've got a bit of a problem, I'm afraid. I'm just going to start, like, awkwardly fidgeting in the back, sort of, like, twiddling my thumbs around each other. Like, well, I, um, look, I just go on the message boards to chat to people. I don't, you know, I don't partake in any of those those things that some of the groups talk about. It's just more like a camaraderie, you know, just, just making like-minded people. There's nothing, nothing dodgy that we're doing. Mm-hmm. She says and smiles weakly. Um, and she, just, like, retrieves papers from within a manila folder. And she kind of theatrically looks them over before handing them to you. Um, and they are printouts from chat rooms you've been on, private mef- messages, forum posts you've made, all things that are supposed to be anonymous. And yeah. there's like hundreds of pages she's got. Some of them are just like prints of pictures of you at your desk at work or your desk at home hunched over your PC. Um, will you roll sanity for me, please? Yeah. This is a helplessness. Oh yeah, fourteen. Because now you've been looking into some heavy stuff. It's very dangerous information. This could get you into a lot of trouble if you're not careful. The type of trouble where you're found zipped up in a suitcase. Like a cold sweat is just gonna like appear on my brow. Uh, just <laughs> look, look, I, uh, I, I haven't done anything. So like, luckily, this, uh, she says, interrupting you. Helping us means that we can help you. Um, and she sighs and leans over and kind of grabs the uh, printouts back off you. You just need to help us on a little job. 
you'll be with a partner who will be looking for something at a crime scene. Perhaps your linguistic skills will come in handy. Listen and follow the orders of this man. And afterwards, this, she holds up the folder, will go away. What do you say? So, so you want me to to help MI5? Does that mean that I'm, I'm going to be a spy? Something like that, yes. Look, I, I know it doesn't seem like it, but we are the good guys. You'll be helping lots of other people, uh, along with yourself. I... I I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yep. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it. Definitely. Good. And I suggest you hurry back in and pack a bag for one or two days away. Um, just leave your leave your wallet and any identification just at your house there. You won't need it. I've uh, just got to just got to make a quick phone call. I've just got to let my mum know that I'm going out of town for a few days. But do you know if it'll be cold where we're going or if I uh, should just wear light layers? Well, it's February, so pack a coat. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's a, you know, not, not every day you get asked to be a spy, so I'm a little bit turned around. But no, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that now. I'll do that now. Then I'll get you out of the car. You probably expel the notion of a spy as well, darling. So, espionage is still on the cards, though? <laughs> she laughs. <laughs> sure. I'll, uh, I'll have a bit of a, like a spring in my step. I'll just jump out of the car now and then just uh, leave the door open because I'm excited. I'm just going to walk to the, the door of my house and just like jingle my keys and try and let myself in. Yep. You seem happy. Is, he, is he happy? He's, he's, he's excited. He's, uh, he's dreamt of dreamt of something outside of the, the grey routine for a long time but never had the uh, inclination to make it happen himself. So when it lands in his lap, it's a dream come true for a minute. Fair enough. Yep. So, if you pack your bag, hurriedly, I'm sure. Getting the um, when you, in. Well, when you come back outside, bag in hand, um, the Jeep Cherokee's gone. It's uh, been replaced by a dark blue Ford Mondeo. Um, the man who was leaning against the hood is gone. The woman's gone. Only the man behind the wheel remains. Okay. And uh, what does this guy look like? Um, he's got short cropped hair. Uh, he looks maybe late forties. Looks very serious. He beckons you over. I'll uh, I'll walk up to the driver's side and just like awkwardly knock on the window. He'll just motion towards the back of the car. I'll uh, just yep, yep, yep. Just wander around. <laughs> and, uh, cool. You jump him. I'm, I'm going to go straight to the boot, actually, and try and put my bag in the boot. <laughs> yeah, okay, you can put your bag in the boot, yeah, that's fine. Thanks, thanks. For this, uh, yeah. Couldn't possibly sit with it on the seat next to you, eh? No, no, it's fine. And then uh, I'll, I'll get, in, get in behind him. And uh, as I get in, I'm just going to awkwardly be like, oh, they uh, sent a chauffeur, did they? He just starts the car uh, and takes off. Um, It's... It's. I mean, what time would you finish karate? Would it be quite late that you coming home? Yeah, it's probably about seven thirty, seven thirty-eight around that time. Seven thirty-eight. Seven thirty-eight. Yeah, seven thirty-eight in fifteen seconds. He's like, to the to the <laughs> second man. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Well, it's quite a drive to London. It's where you're going. Oh. 
Um, you don't know this, but it's where we're going. Um, the man doesn't say anything the whole time. He's stony silent. Um, do you think you can stay awake? Or do you think you'll be... Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, my, uh, my character's actually Brighton-based, so I can imagine, like, well, unless he's taking the long way around, it shouldn't take too many hours, right? Shouldn't take too many hours. Yeah, no, I'll just, uh, I'm gonna sit there, and every now and then I'm just gonna just, just ask, it like, an awkward question. Just always be like, oh, so, have you been doing this job long? He just looks at you in the mirror. Okay, I'll just uh, I'll just uh, look out the window then. Seems like a very no questions kind of man. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I think the adrenaline will, will ride me through a couple of hours, so I'll just I'll just uh, sit there. You know, feel a bit sleepy, but just keep them looking awake. I want to look. I want to look ready. I want to look like I'm uh, cool. good to go. He drives you into South London, um, and you go to Southwark which is just past Waterloo that kind of area just past the Thames Um, and he drives up to a big office block and the office block has a sign and it says seven aerospace like seven seven valley yeah yeah aerospace limited and he drives down into like an underground garage they've got down there he parks up into a space gets out and stands by the car. I'll uh, I'll just open the door and I'll get out and close it. Like, should I um, should I get my things from the boot, or are we just gonna come back for those? Get back in and wait. He says. I will do that. And I'm just kind of sheepishly <laughs> sort of just let myself back in the car. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. And unfortunately, you're going to have to wait there for a few hours. Oh. Try and get some sleep? Yeah, I. Uh, well, he's, he wants to stay alert. You know, the adrenaline's pumping again because it's a bit of a, you know, what is going on, spicy situation. But I think after about an hour, it'll kick it in. Like, it'll just run out and it'll just nod off in the back. Cool. Sweet. Uh, we'll get Jordan back in. Nice. I thought... <laughs> I thought you were going to take that completely differently. But fair enough, I like it. It's classic. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. You think players are going to do one thing and they're completely opposite. I'd like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, right. Hi, Jordan. Hello. Cool. Um, now it's Ed's turn, I'm afraid. I will see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. So we kind of open up the camera is looking at a beeper. It's kept in a drawer. And its alarm is going off for a new message and it rings incessantly. And we notice the machine is plugged in and the small display reads new message. And it's picked up by... Do you want to describe your uh, your agent then? Uh, yes. So, um, my agent is Agent Nero. Should I disclose their real name? No, just a physical description. Um, yeah, so he's, um, I'd say, sort of just shy of six foot, uh, greying, quite slim, bit of a beer belly, but thinks he's younger than he is. Uh, long hair, sort of an oasis, oasis style hair. Um, quite physical, like you'd think he might be able to look after himself. 
um, but still quite scrawny. Uh, wears blue jeans, wears a shirt, and a belt. Nice. And a belt. Yeah, t- <laughs> shirt tucked in. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, the beeper reads, 8am, TMRW, RM419. 8am tomorrow, room 419. And you'll know that this means a meeting at 7 Aerospace Limited, South London, 16th of February at 8am. Okay. How do you prepare? Do you have to tell people that you're going away? Your your job, do you have to tell you're going away? Or how, how do you get ready? So I live in a one-bedroom flat. Um, I live alone, divorced. Fucking so, loser. So yeah, well he sort of is. He's been uh, disowned by many of his friends and sort of society. Um, oh. What he does do is he calls his daughter and explains that uh, he's got a dig. He's an archaeologist, um, mm-hmm. um, quite far away. Um, so he'll be away a while and just palms up, palms off with a. A bizarre location, you know, the Highlands. There's some mm-hmm. some rare idea of the Romans got further than they thought they did. That sort of thing. He might be away for two weeks. <laughs> he might be away for two months. Um, right. And then she she sort of accepts that lifestyle from him. That how old is your daughter again? She's um, she's around twenty, mid twenties, twenty two. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, cool. So she's great. Cool. Uh, how do you think you get down to London? Would you drive? Would you take the train? I think he would take the train. Okay. Uh, back in back in 1995, uh, the trains probably ran a bit better than they do now. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? Yeah. Sad to think about. <laughs> I think he takes his um, uh, gear with him to cover his tracks. You know, take yeah, a, take a few books. Kit- um, his favourite trowel, um, like a <laughs> a knapsack um, full of just. Uh, maybe a few like magnifying glasses, that sort of thing. Even if mm-hmm. he doesn't use them and just stores them away at this um, at this office space. But yeah, if there's a potential that his daughter comes around his flat to, I don't know, even water the plants, she might think something's up if that isn't gone. He can't have left. His favourite trowel's still here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I bought that for him on my seventh birthday. <laughs> The dad engraved on the handle. Yeah, the, um, the D's are backwards. <laughs> so you make your way uh, down and you make your way through London uh, during rush hour to Southwark, south of the Thames, just past Waterloo. Um, yeah. Going through London in, in rush hour is a nightmare. He jumps. Sure, you the, agree? Jumps on the Circle Line at King's Cross. Oh, knows the lines. Oh, he does. Um. So the seven aerospace office building is actually like a whole office block, um, and it's like corporately sleek and kept fastidiously clean. Uh, you know that there are two higher level floors restricted to the usual staff of researchers, technicians, engineers, and programmers. Floors that you have visited before. The elevator opens up on floor nine to a simple lobby, official and unadorned. A surly looking man in his late fifties sits behind a desk his hands just out of view. He gives you a curt nod and motions with his head to a corridor behind him. Um, the plush maroon carpet here always smells new 
and the windowless corridor stretches down the length of the building. Room 419 soon appears on your right. You open it up, it's empty, um, and by the time you close the door, it's kind of completely sealed from the outside world. There's no windows, um, it houses a flimsy desk and two chairs. Just have to sit and wait, I'm afraid. While he sits and waits, uh, Nero smells the fresh carpet and feels uncomfortable. It's it's too clean, almost like it's cleaned for a purpose rather than just clean for functionality. Hmm. Yeah, and you're used to being in the mud as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Soon after, uh, the man you know as Tom hurries in. Tom is always dressed in salmon trousers. He's got brown brogues, a white creased shirt, and a corduroy jacket. Tom's going, His nose... Tom, is Tom going to slug and letters after? <laughs> Probably, yeah. His nose is red and hangs underneath watery eyes, which in turn sit behind half-rim glasses. He's pushing like 70. And he says, Hello, chap. How are you getting on, then? Not too bad, Tom. I've got your message. He doesn't really listen to your reply. Uh, he's looking at a folder in his hand. He goes, look, you've seen this business in the news, that chap up on the on the York Moors. Aye, aye. Funny business. Yes, you ha- yeah, you have seen it. It's been top billing on the news. Um, a police raid on a dilapidated house in the North York Moors ended up in a gunfight uh, with the owner, one James Wilton. Uh, Wilton died on the scene along with two police officers. That's what you've heard and seen on the news. Tom Tom continues. Well, after the fireworks, the coppers on scene saw some bones poking up from the ground. Mud all washed away from this unbearable rain we've been having. They got forensics on side and what do you know, there's hundreds of bones in this bugger's garden. We pulled some strings to get some, someone on side just in case. Uh, Kim Granger. She's with York University. Late last night, she rang the bell on about something on site. Get up there and see what she's got. Normally, you'll be working under South Yorkshire Special Branch, National Security Jurisdiction. So you'll have free reign. However, this is a national news crime scene. I shouldn't have to tell you what that means. Here, commit this to memory, and then destroy it. It's your OA's number. He hands you a little slip of paper with a number on. Also, uh, got someone you need to bring along. New chap. He's probably a bit shook up, but take him along and see how he does. He'll be down in the garage. Blue Mondeo. You know which one. The warrant cards are here. And he hands you off an envelope. Within the envelope are two, obviously fake, but well done fake, uh, MI5 badges. Is there anything else? No. I know the routine. Thanks, Tom. Off you pop, then. And it, uh, the badges uh, he takes out of the um, the film and has, has a look at it, just to almost see who he's working with. What what does he see? Uh, he sees a younger uh, younger man. Obviously, you've never seen him before, but um, you guess this is this is the the new chap that Tom was talking about. Okay, and he pops them back in the envelope and makes his way to the garage, I guess. Cool. Yeah, you make your way down to the garage. Um, you can tell which Ford Mondeo he was going on about um, because there's a just burly, surly-looking man 
standing outside of the car uh, waiting for you. Um, when you rock up, he kind of nods at you, um, puts some keys in your hand and walks off. Mm-hmm. I'll just get Ed back in. Ed, the man that drove you here, you what you saw him um, hand off the keys to this other man standing outside and uh, he's walked off. Am I just uh, sat in the back still? You are. Nice. Okay, I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll just uh, sort of like wake myself up a little bit, like brush my hair down and just sort of like little slap on the cheeks, wake myself up a little bit. and just, uh, Yep, no, 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 no. I walk up to the car and just give a light knock on the back door window. I'll, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wind down the window. Like, uh, nice, nice to meet you. The uh, the other gentleman told me to to stay in the car, so I'm just just staying inside. <laughs> um, and I look at the I get the badges out again, the MI5 ones. Sort of raise it up and uh, assume that it matches the uh, appearance on the card. Is that right? Yeah, sure does. Yep. And I go, um, I pass it to him and says. Looks like you're with me, lad. And he hands so, you a a, um, a fake. Well, what he explains a fake MI5 badge. Wait, sorry. Do you say fake? I thought I thought you were MI5. I think we've got a, a bit of explaining to do on a drive. Tell me, uh, what do you? Why are you here, mate? Well, uh, this. This this Miss Bennett, she was at my house and she said that she uh she knew about about some some conversations I've been having online and uh she could uh just you know, turn turn the turn the other way if I just came along and maybe just helped along with the uh, MI five and you know keeping people safe and all that. And I walk I, I sort of usher him out and say, get in the get in the passenger seat. Um and he sits in the front, doesn't turn o- turn over the ignition, just sits there to sort of start a, an actual a normal conversation. I'll, uh, I'll I'm gonna like f- unnecessarily frantically wind the window back up, and then I'll just like undo my seatbelt and just like get out and then get back in the front and put my seatbelt back on. Mm-hmm. He's so keen. Yeah. So, so if if you're not MI5, who who are you? Well. I suppose we are MI5, but not properly MI5. Well, I'm not that I am. I, I help out. It, I know them as a section, and I suppose that you're, you got in this situation similar to I got in this situation. We might have found out something we shouldn't have found out, and we help these people and they help us. Are you on the boards as well? I, uh... You never know, do you, who's on the other side of that keyboard? I'm not on the boards, I'm underground. Like <laughs> a miner? No. And he sort of puts his forefingers four to his the brow of his nose and just sort of thinks, thinks to himself, I'm talking to a child here. <laughs> no, an, an archaeologist, lad. I mean, there's, there's lots of professions that go underground. You, you could have been clearer with that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I could have. So what? Bloody southerners! Not all northerners <laughs> just work in the mines, Ed. <laughs> Listen, Thatcher's done a job on you boys, and I, 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 I understand, and I do sympathise, but it's uh... too right. So we're 
I suppose we're helping, helping out MI5 with a group called Section H. Uh, I suppose like a subsidiary of them. Now, I've just been told by uh, a bloke I'm known as, known as Tom that we're, we've got to go up to York. Well, the North Yorkshire Moors. It's a beautiful part of the country. Have you been up there? Oh, I used to go up as a kid with... Uh my parents, but not for a long time. We used to go, uh, well, we used to drive, drive through, really, you know, up to at, at Edinburgh, but it's nice. I, uh, I I remember the the road being nice. He, um, Nero looks at um, Ed's character and, and quite sternly says, well, you're not going to be making pleasant memories up there with me. Brace yourself. You might see things that you've not seen before okay that's just a word of warning and sort of he gets a little bit shaken himself yeah, I just I just I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone so just be prepared I have been preparing myself for the last 27 years sir and uh so, sorry what's your name my name is agent Nero just call me Nero did they give yeah. you a name? I, he's just gonna look a bit confused and a bit flustered. Like, uh, do, like my real name or or my my name? No, name? never your real name. What's your agent name? I'm Gonzo. Yeah, age, age, Gonzo. <laughs> agent Gonzo. As in Camilla and Gonzo from the Muppets. <laughs> no, I was thinking more of the uh, the the journalist, but no, that that's also fine. I can I can be a muppet. Okay. Oh, and he Nero shakes his head in sort of bafflement, and he sort of pulls himself <laughs> together and and sort of continue. He continues on with the brief. Uh, he gets has the impression that Gonzo's not been briefed, so he says, "What do you know about what we're doing? Nothing." Nothing. So, did you see on the news that police raid in York and the Moors? I mean, I th I think so. I, I kind of keep myself busy with just local news. It's a uh, you know uh, foreign affairs. I'm super interesting, but all the domestic <laughs> things have always been so uh, so so dull. Right. Well, this is what the tabloids are saying: there was a police raid in the uh, on a farm on the Moors. And James Walton and two two old Bill have been killed. Problem oh, can is, can I stop you there? I uh, I know a guy on one of the boards, and he's told me that everything in the tabloids is uh, is made up by the Tories. So I don't think we should uh, we should really <laughs> believe that. Well, that's one that's one perception. I think you'll find even the Tories can't make up this crap that we're going to see. Okay. So we've got there's three dead on the on the Yorkshire Moors. And with all this rain, loads of bones have been discovered in his yard. Whether it's uh, on his farm or it's part of his land, this James Walton. So we've got the South Yorkshire police screw screwing all over it. Local media, now national media. We've got a, a contact up there, Kim Granger, and these two badgers. We, um, I suppose Tom just wants us to find out what we can find out, but a little bit incognito. Then, 
Uh, do you have like a, a notepad, like a, a flippy notepad that I could write this down in? Sorry. Uh, and he pulls out from his gets his bag uh, out from uh, let's say the, he's already put it in the boot, and he grabs um, two notepads and a, a uh, like a snapped pencil, so they're short pencils. And he do gives one one to him. Flip from the top. Uh, they do, yeah. They're proper like inspection notepads. Have you got a backup trowel you can give him, Jordan? <laughs> no, Matt. He needs to get his own trowel. <laughs> I will just add um, the bones that have been found have been um, a, a complete mix. It's been like cows, sheep, cats, dogs, horses, rats, and um, one or two humans. Just FYI, I forgot to mention that. So, some, um, so some humans, but n- yes. majority animals. It's still a bit murky at the moment, but yes. Okay. Um, what does your um, what is your fake what does your fake badge say, Jordan? Um, a fake badge says um, Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. What about yours, Agent Gonzo? Kevin Peterson. Two Kevs. Kevs, Kevin Kev. <laughs> Kevin <Pair> Kev. Kevs. <laughs> Lovely. So I was, I was just going to say that sort of uh, Gonzo sort of wants to reiterate to, sorry, um, Nero wants to reiterate to Gonzo that this might seem like a open and shut case. You know, we're just looking at bones, but it, uh, when you're working with the section, things aren't as always uh, binary as they might seem. Um, oh, well, that's, that. that's that's exciting. That's oh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I like the dynamic here. Um, if there's nothing else, nothing else said at the moment, um, it's going to take you about five hours ish to drive up north, um, get out of London, bam up the A1. I think we should stop um, off at um, Stamford. And uh, <laughs> swing by Morrison's. Stamford? Morrison's. Never heard of that place. Get a snack, and uh, then crack on the M1, A1. Cool. You're taking a bit of a fucking detour. It's a massive detour. That's a fucking detour. I love that Morrison's. <laughs> There's a bit of local knowledge for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's say you leave leave London nine nine a.m. Um, so you probably arrive arrive up uh, on site around two two p.m. one thirty two. Um, um, may I ask, um, was there yes. was there just the badges in the in the envelope? No resources, no nothing else. Nope. There's um there's a little print off of a map. Actually, I'll pop this on the. Um... George, I legitimately thought you were saying badges in the northern sense, like have a badges. I didn't realize you meant badges and badges. <laughs> I was like, I mean, have a, have a badges. So, it's deep in the moors there. If you want to look on Discord, it's on there. It's deep in the moors. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the little pin that I've dropped. Yeah. Kind of up at the top central. Um, so, it's off Knot Road. And it's a place called Glazedale. Um, you've probably got an A to Z in the car. Um, back of the old-fashioned way before sat-nav. People allowed to use the maps. 
it's relatively it's relatively easy to to find your way mostly there but the last 20 minutes off of knot road it's little more than a gravel track um, it's easy to see that you're getting closer to the scene like a helicopter flies overhead and the hourly radio news has the moors massacre as the main headline of the day rain pours down it has done for the last eight days and there's no indication of letting up classic british weather finally uh you round a bend and james wilton's house comes into view i say it's um a house it's more like a shed it's barely it's barely anything i've done um a bit of a rough and ready map for you to just get an idea so you can see the road kind of winds in and up to the front of the house before that there's a police cordon um, parked near the police cordon there's a load of press vehicles, press vans um, just outside the house there's police vehicles um, parked up behind the house you can see there's a quite a large dig site um, and to the side of the dig site on the right hand side there's police tents that have been set up Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nero sort of parks up a little bit further south um, from the press tents uh, to not be associated with them and um, just takes stock and lets us both look at what's going on for a couple of minutes to get our bearings mm-hmm. yeah you see um, the press especially there's there's quite a few people there. They're just before the police cordon, and they're all in a bit of a gaggle. They're all speaking into the cameras, holding fingers over their ears, gripping the microphones. Um, you can tell they're probably recording segments that will be shown throughout the day, or they're live. Um, you really recognise some faces, actually, from ITV and BBC. Um, and Channel 4. Channel 4 was around in the 90s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Surely. Yeah, it 85. Yeah, it was. 85, I think so, yeah. yeah. Even... Uh... No, Channel 5 was after, wasn't it? Channel 5. Scum. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, don't know why that random hate for Channel 5 there. Um, it's a Murdoch It's a Murdoch thing, isn't it? It's a Murdoch thing, yeah. Oh, um, <clears throat> that's upsetting. The site, the site itself is like one of furious activity. You can see people kind of moving in all directions, crisscrossing the property. Some are police in full uniform. Others are what you assume to be forensic experts. Um... They have like white coveralls and, and masks masks on and like full protective gear. They're probably digging out the back. If if we were to look out from the the car, would we be able to see a a female sort of uh, supervisor who might be leading coordination efforts or um... not really? And from what Tom told you, <clears throat> she's probably more of a consultant. Kim Granger. Mm-hmm. He said she was from the university, so she's probably helping, maybe out back or in one of the police tents or something. You can't see, you can't see anyone like that out and about in, out in the open. Okay, so would, do I get the impression that she's probably part of the section as well, as a consultant? You're not sure. She's probably a friendly. Okay, and a friendly is someone who just helps out, but not really indoctrinate, indoctrinated in the system. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, someone who does yeah a lot of consulting work or stuff on the side without knowing really what the section actually does 
so they can, they can help out with stuff, but it's not like they've been exposed to the unnatural. Or maybe they have in a very, very small kind of manner. Mm-hmm. So nice. it's, pissing it, it's pissing it down. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What is um, Gonzo wearing? I was about to say, so Gonzo, as a, a 27-year-old teacher, has just sort of grabbed a very 90 shells jacket. <laughs> And it's uh, it's blue on the bottom with a white stripe in the middle and a lighter blue on top. Um, so he's got a hood, but he's just he's just sat in the car and he's just like, look, look, um, Agent Kev Kevin, uh, no, no, Agent Nero, Nero, Nero sorry. Uh, look, I don't I don't really look like MI5. So are we are we gonna have to tell these policemen that we're MI5? Because I don't think I could pull that off. Uh, he looks at him and uh, Nero looks at him and just says the wonderful thing about high-vis son is it gets you in anywhere and he pulls up from his bag two uh, high-vis vests <laughs> and they're a, little bit, they're a little bit ratty but he's you know got a bit of a plan to um, to get through and then uh, enthusiastically Gonzo just puts it on he's like I- I'm learning a lot today today's <laughs> <laughs> a school day what would you like to do? Um, I want to put a cap on to um, protect my eyes from the rain, uh, put the high-vis on, uh, make sure I've got my badge on me, and put it around my neck if it has a lanyard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And sort of motion sure. to um, Gonzo to do the same and just uh, leave y- the car. Yep, I'll, uh, I'll mimic and just do exactly the same. And um, start walking towards the the police officers at the cordon line. Mm-hmm. See the press kind of uh, give you give you some glances as you walk over. I don't look them um, in the eyes at all. Just focus on the officer. Keep on walking. Yeah, with a bit of confidence. Yeah, I'm Control a, right up to the... Oh, sorry, Ed. No, I was going to say, I'm just going to shuffle a bit awkwardly behind him, but I'm just essentially just going to try and mimic everything that he's doing. <laughs> cool. You can stroll right up to the cordon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uniform. There's a couple of uniformed officers there, but one looks like he's he's checking IDs, and he just says, "Oh, hold up, please." You're right, son. Can I can I help? Yep. And I flash the. Or I show him the uh, badge and say, "I'm um, looking for for Kim Granger." Kim Granger. For she's from the uni. Uh, you'll have to. Um, You'll have to talk to uh, Chief Constable King, I think. All right, it should be no becoming. He should be on site somewhere. Did he go get him, or can we go in? No, he kind of waves you through. All right, cool. Yeah, so we walk through. Son, where is he? Do you know where's his uh, tent? Um, he hasn't got a tent. Uh, it'll be it'll be on site somewhere. Ask someone further down. Okay. So we sort of walk towards the police vehicles. Um, yep. And start asking around for. What was his name, Chief Constable? King. King. I just pop in the Discord as well. That's what um, that's what the, the house looks like. Oh, wow. So it's. Um, Do you want to describe it? Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, an asbestos corrugated roof with um, a faded green paint, uh, uh, bought, uh, planks of wood for walls. Uh, crooked door 
and um, probably a, a 30 centimetre by 30 centimetre window, probably single pane. Doesn't look very nice, does it? It looks like the British version of Cletus from The Simpsons House. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, great description. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that yeah, the house kind of sits in front of you. Um, do you want to do you want to ask around? Do you want to grab one of the uniformed officers and ask them for Bob King? Yes. Yeah. For Mr. King, or Chief Constable King. Cool. Uh, he'll take you. He'll take you over to him. He's um, he's kind of standing around the side of the house, uh, looking at the dig site. Um, as you come around the corner, I'll give you a bit of flavour for the dig site. Um, it's an absolute like muddy bog. Several sets of forensic teams unearth piles of bones in a in a winding trench. Someone carefully passes you with a plastic tray filled with bones on their way to the tents on to the side of the dig. Um, it seems like they finally decided fighting against the rain is pointless, and some uniformed officers are struggling to erect like a large tent over the dig site. Um, on your way to Bob, you overhear a team forensics team complaining that the trench is pointless and a full-scale excavation of the back of the house will be needed you're escorted up to uh, to Bob Bob King he's in full he's in full uniform with uh, chief constable epaulets showing he's really late 50s he's got quite rosy cheeks and maybe a five o'clock shadow or some stubble that lo- that looks out of place he sees you with the lanyards and the high vis, and he goes, "Oh, bloody hell! All right, who's this then?" Kevin Jones, MI5. We're looking for uh, Kim Granger. She's from the university. We've uh, we're here to assist her. Jesus Christ, MI5. Look, we we respect your jurisdiction. We're we're just trying to help all, all any way we can. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Did you looking for Granger? Aye. Aye. Oh, by the way, uh. Kevin Jones and points towards uh, Gonzo. <clears throat> Kev- Kevin Peterson. Um, they looks at Agent Gonzo and goes, "Cool, oh, bloody hell! They they took you right out of school, didn't they?" Oh, lads, oh. <laughs> All right, Miss uh, Miss Granger, she she should be in the tents behind us here. All right, thanks, Chief Constable. Anything else? Um, I should be able to help if you if you want to catch me out. Um, if those bloody press don't give me a heart attack first. Uh, yeah. well, how, how have they been? Have they been uh, encroaching? Have they been snooping around too much? Well, they've been they've been clamouring. I tell you. Um, they want me to do. They want me to. Do, they've been hounding me for a briefing, but I've got nothing. I mean, the bones don't make a lick of sense, and Wilton is stone dead. So, um, do you want? Do you both want to roll insight for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not insight. It's um, human, 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 human intelligence. Human. A seventy. Too much D&D. Over ten. <laughs> Nine, <laughs> Ninety-nine <laughs> over fifty. Oh, critical fail. Yeah, um, surely a hundred critical fail. Yeah, but I think ninety-nine still is because it's a matching number, and one hundred is. Mm. Oh, I forgot about the matching number nonsense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nonsense. Um, you think Bob's doing a great job, <laughs> and he th- and he feels completely in control, and he's loving life. I tell I tell you, Bob. You know, I'm sure you've got loads of loads of uh, information to give the press. You know, 
Uh, it sounds like you know you've got the animal bones and the and uh, uh, you know the cases must be must be closed. A guy as competent as you. Yes, great. Thank you. <laughs> Miss Granger's in the tent, and he nods at you and kind of walks off. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. It's a good first impression. Tap. Uh, tap near on the shoulder. Like, look, I. Uh, I'm not very good at accents, so I don't know if I can keep this up. Look, look. And he sort of whispers this, but he goes, "Look, it's 1995, and we've we've travelled around <laughs> the world. You can people travel, you know." I'm sorry, I was, I was, he was telling me the year made me laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's 1995. <laughs> don't you do that now? Like it's like it's you know it's 2020. We can do anything we want. Oh, it's 2022. It's 2022, mate. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so drunk all the time. <laughs> well, that's a lockdown for you. Cool. So you've got the police tents. Um, you've got the house. And you got the dig site. Right, Gonzo, what do you think? Should we should we speak to this this Kim and see what she's got for us? That's a it's a classic. It's a it's a classic, Kevin. I think we just we get as much information first, then we look around when we're informed, then we crack the case and go home. Tell me, what did um uh, perhaps this should have been a bit of retcon, but like on the drive up, I sort of, I'd probably, I imagine I'd probably ask what he found on this internet thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, uh, I'll, uh, you know what, I'll oblige. I feel like I, even though I've got my secrets, I'm a bit of an open book around these fellas. So uh, I'll just let him know that I, uh, you know, I'm interested in linguistics and languages, and uh, there's there's a language that people have been saying is beyond humanity and uh i've been sinking my teeth properly into that and uh some files from a some you know tap tap on the side of those special places just uh yeah so i've been learning a bit of that and then i think i know what it sounds like but with any written language you know it's all about the uh, the interpretation until you really hear it but then you see, i think it's like not but you know, it's kind of like that, that, <laughs> that East African sort of click language, but with something else altogether. It's, it's exciting. I can imagine him saying all this in the car, um, uh, and Nero's just like almost falling asleep. <laughs> just like <laughs> sounds boring, mate. The uh, the secret is to know which syllables are a click, and you know how and when you should announce it with your nose. You know the Arabs roll their R's because like oh you know. Bahrain, you know, you got to sink your teeth into those noises. So, you know, once you figure that out, then you can project into it. And the list goes on for about two hours. I, I, I'm sure that's the secret. <laughs> it turns up Radio 2 slightly more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess we go, we go find Kim Granger in one of those tents. So outside the tents, there's um, a uniformed officer. Uh, it's in a high-vis... Uh, police raincoat um, he doesn't look particularly happy to be standing in the rain um, once inside it's rows of tables hold plastic boxes filled with bones they seem to be collected in sets with a numbered card next to each box a few people in white plastic suits study a pile of bones on a separate table one holding a clipboard and taking notes and the sound of the rain from outside is amplified from falling on the tent roof 
and sounds like a stadium full of cheering fans. Um, you see a woman at the far end of the tent, dressed in civilian clothes. She's looking very intently at something on the table. Is there anyone else in the room? Yeah, there's um, there's a couple of people in the plastic white uh, in the white plastic suits studying the bones on a separate table. Okay. Uh, one holding a, one holding a clipboard, taking notes. I just said this. Sorry, I was writing notes myself. <laughs> um, okay. I guess uh, Nero sort of shyly pronounces, "Hello, there's a Kim Granger here." Um, the woman at the at the far end. Um, as I said, she's she's very distracted, but she she kind of looks up and sheepishly raises her hand. Uh, sort of um, walk walk towards her and give um, uh, Gonzo a sort of a, a sideways nod to suggest we should walk towards that walk towards her. Yeah, she's she's a woman of Asian descent. She's got short bob style haircut. Uh, business casual on. Um, she looks very tired. Um, and as you approach, she goes, "Oh, hello, Kim Kim Granger." Nice to meet you, Mr. Mr. Jones, and this is Pete, Mr. Peterson. And he, he Hello. flashes his um, accreditation. Uh, le- the less people who need to see it in detail, the better. Yeah, because you're you, she kind of gets a bit quiet and goes, "You're you're the ones, right?" That's yeah. right. We're the ones. I, excitingly leaning over Gonzo's shoulder. I mean, nearer shoulder. Like <laughs> we are. Okay, well, she's she's not actually looking at bones. You see what she's looking at on the table. Um, Gon- Nero's going to just sort of call out and say um, to everyone, uh, everyone else in the room, um, look, uh, I think everyone's had a bit of a, a rough a rough day or two. Look, go get yourselves a coffee and come back in 15 minutes. And he sort of flashes his accreditation, sort of it gives off an air of authority. You guys have been working hard. It's pissing it down. Give yourself the break. Okay? Sort of clear the room so they get a bit of privacy. Where are we going to get coffee from? Someone asks. We're in the middle of the malls. Oh, someone else shouts. Oh, I, honest, if I'm honest, I, <laughs> no, assume, I'm joking. I assume someone might have bought a, t- a kettle with them and have like a, a welfare no, unit. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, do you want to roll? Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Um, roll either... Sorry, roll, roll law um, at a plus 20%. Yeah, ninety-eight over twenty. Uh oh. Oh, your law was zero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does uh, Gonzo get an opportunity to sort of nod along, and if he's got a law? No, that's fine. They all they 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 give you a strange look, but they file out. They file out of the tent. Okay. Leaving you alone with Miss Granger. That's two rolls, ninety-nine and ninety-eight. Yeah, that's a good start, huh? Don't worry, I'm sure everything will be fine. Thank you for listening. For more information on Delta Green, visit delta-green.com. Music and sound effects provided by pixabay.com. Additional music very kindly provided by Cryo Chamber. Please check them out at cryochamber.bandcamp.com.